You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I would like to welcome you all to Blissful Living. I want to get started right away because I think I have a show that um, is going to help enlighten a lot of you out there that might be having some curiosity with regards to um, disease and the state of disease in our society today, as well as um, the prevalence of cancer and other help and other things that are causing us to become a sicker community, a sicker society. So stay tuned if um, you are intrigued with that. But before we get started, I do want to tell you a little bit about my guest, um, as well as thank our sponsors. So first let me thank our sponsors, the Health Healing and Wellness Company. Um, you can go to healthhealingwellness.com and check out some new things they have going on, particularly with the fall and the fall specials. Also, you can stop by... Um, fabfitwellgiftpack.com and pick up some gifts from the Health Healing and Wellness Company that's designed to help you improve your health and well-being. Next, I want to thank the other sponsor for today's show, which is a telecommunications installation company located in Silicon Valley, San Jose, California. They've been in business for over 26 years, and their motto is that we make the right connections for you. So if you are in need of any telecommunication services, whether it's voice data, fiber optic wiring, or um, installation of access points, or basically anything to do with network distribution, you want to check out All Day Cable at alldaycableinc.com. All righty. So let me tell you about today's guest. Our guest today is Brendan Gochran. And he holds a degree in molecular, molecular biology from the University of Connecticut. And his MBA is from Bentley University. Now, Brendan has spent 15 years in the healthcare field and was an executive for a major nutraceutical manufacturer before starting multiple companies of his own, the latest being Liver Medic. Now, he conducts health lectures to both physicians and the general public, and his research focuses primarily on gut health or your digestive health, liver health, the endocrine system, adrenal fatigue, and um, optimum diets. And so I am really intrigued for him to share his words of wisdom with you, and this will be a great time for you to sit back, relax, get um, a piece of paper and maybe something to write with so that you can take some notes about the information that Brendan is going to share with us today. So I want to welcome Brendan to Blissful Living. Hi, Brendan. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Well, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you asking me to be on the show. the show. This is great. Well, I appreciate you coming and saying yes, first of all, and then agreeing to come on the show to share your words of wisdom. Um, I, too, am a healthcare professional. I've been in the industry for quite a long time, and I think it's really important that um, we educate 
the society about things that are going on that could be potentially um, really harmful to their health, physical health, mental health, and well-being. And so anytime I can get an expert on to share words of wisdom, I think it's it's like, you know, eating, I guess, one piece of pie at a time. Eventually, collectively, there'll be so much information out there that people will start taking a proactive um, stance with regards to their health and well-being and making it a priority. And we'll go from being a sick society to a healthy society. So, I, could, I absolutely could not agree more. Uh, and even for you know us experts, it's difficult to sift through all the information out there. So uh, it's, it's really good to be able to have a program like yours that uh, you can sort of uh, chop it up and disseminate it and, and digest it and, and sort of make sense of it all. Yeah, it kind of takes the stress out of learning how to, uh, you know, manage your health and well-being. Okay, so now me, let me get off my soapbox, and I just want to just really start off and intrigue everyone, really start off. And what I would like to ask you, um, you know, we hear a lot about cancers. Everyone probably has had somebody in their family or someone that they knew that has had an experience with cancers. Um, and there are a lot of other diseases now that are coming up on the forefront that used to be kind of just sitting back but are now a lot more prevalent. So what I want to ask you is why do we have such a high incidence of disease and cancer happening in our society now? Yeah, it's a complex uh, set of variables involved in that and, and I'll go real high level and then you can pick and choose you know, where we want to sort of dive into. Um, but there are, uh, an, an, as I said, a number of different variables. Uh, first of which I'd like to hit is uh, environmental. So uh, if we take a look at the amount of chemicals that are being produced, and, and many of them are endocrine-disrupting chemicals, every day in the U.S. we produce 625,000 tanker truck loads of chemicals, many of which are going into our food supply, some of which are going into personal health care products. Others are going into construction, manufacturing, and, and electronics. Some of that ends up in our, in our, um, how, on our homes uh, and in our businesses. And those things have uh, an ability to get into the air and get into our systems as well. So there's certainly an environmental uh, issue to be discussed here. The other one uh, is probably a little bit more direct. And that is, uh, and, and I have these conversations at lectures all the time, why is it so important to eat organic? What's the big deal about that stuff? Mm -hmm. well, the big deal is, uh, and I don't want to get too far into the GMO um, questions about uh, genetic splicing and all that, because I, every time I, <laughs> I do something like that, I see the, in, the entire crowd, their, their eyes just glaze over and roll back into their heads. But the sort of the... And see, I would be... This, and I would be so, Brendan, I would be so interested and intrigued in that. But, you know, we're different. We're different. Right. Seeds, you know? <laughs> right. Like, wait, right. Tell if me you more. and I can have that, have that conversation on the side, I'm, I'm more than willing right. to do that. Exactly. I'm sorry. Okay, so go on. Because I, I, you, you're sharing already some intriguing information that's um, pulling people in. So please continue what, what you were saying with regard to the environmental toxins and the food supply. Sure. So when we discuss things like GMO, and, and when I, we're not talking, this is not an isolated thing. You know, 95% of the amount of corn produced in this country is GMO corn. You only have 5% that's conventionally farmed anymore. So why is it important to consume organic versus GMO? 
aside from the splicing and dicing we talked about that we're not going to talk about, <laughs> um, the, uh, the seed, a GMO plant, has uh, inherent in it the uh, ability to uh, withstand uh, in a massive amounts of herbicides and pesticides. Okay? That's, exa- that's pretty much what we spliced into this, this seed. Then we throw it on the ground. And in conventional farming, we used to douse the ground with a certain amount of herbicide and pesticide. Uh, and what would end up happening is there'd be plants, of course, that would grow up around whatever the crop is that the farmer has there, and they would compete for resources, and they would have to go through and you know strip them out and all that stuff uh, by mm-hmm. hand or, or mechanically. Well, now they don't have to do that. Now they can douse their farmland 20 to 30 times the amount of herbicide and pesticide that they were using before. This totally mm-hmm. changes the ball game. So wow. those, uh, the amount of pesticide and herbicide, well, I'm not even discussing the fact that some of these uh, chemicals made by uh, Dow and Archer Daniel Midland and Monsanto and uh, there's a number of other big ones, Bayer, uh, these things are very similar on a molecular chemical level to mm-hmm. things that we used to use in Vietnam, i.e. Agent Orange. Wow. Um, and one of them, and Agent Orange is, uh, is basically a, a cocktail of two very dangerous chemicals. One of them was recently approved for use in the U.S., uh, banned in every other country just three years ago, and now Dow uses them uh, in uh, the GMO uh, products, um, herbicides and pesticides that the farmers are using. So this so, is the reason that they're wait, so dangerous. Yeah. Hold on one sec. So you're telling what you okay? I just want to clarify this for the listeners. You're telling us that a chemical that was used back in the Vietnam War, part of the Agent Orange cocktail that they used in the war over there, has now been approved three years ago um, and banned in every other country, but approved in the United States for usage. And Dow is using this chemical with regards to our food supply. Is that what I just said? That's correct. Yep. Oh uh, my and, God. And I'll tell you, we end up getting phone calls from farmers out in the Midwest. Farmers, by the way, are very intelligent. I'm telling you, you know, don't discount the intelligence of a farmer. Um, they're very resourceful. Uh, they understand history. They understand economics, and they understand agriculture. And they will call me, and they'll say things like, "Look, our whole family eats organic. Because of the economics, we have to be planting GMO uh, crops here." Okay, fine. Well, when they end up dousing their farmland, they get what's called um, farmer's lung, mm-hmm. and so they're not actually putting the food on the table and ingesting it. They wear full-out hazmat suits, go out to the farmland, and uh, you know, put down uh, the herbicide and pesticide. Well, even with the hazmat suits and all the precautions that they take, the amount of uh, toxin that's getting into their bodies, uh, specifically through their lungs, is causing them metabolic breakdowns. And so they call us up <laughs> so oh, that we can wow. supply them with supplements so that they can get uh, their livers basically back into working shape and healthy again. So that's the kind of stuff that's taking place. And for the folks out there that are buying uh, GMO uh, foods, and well, don't worry about it, I'm washing it off anyway, this stuff is inherent in the product. It's inside the produce. You can't wash it off. 
Uh, One of the other chemicals that's so dangerous is glyphosate. Okay, that's that's the one that we know about. Forget about all the others that we don't know about. That one specifically goes into the intestine, creates um, small pores, uh, i.e. leaky gut, allows toxins to flow into the body, and then glyphosate uh, has one more trick up its sleeve, heads to the liver and inhibits a whole uh, category of uh, critical cytochromes called uh, P450 cytochromes, which uh, is required for detoxification. So uh, in two strokes, it increases the amount of toxins that you end up taking into your body and then decreases right. your ability to get rid of them. So so do you believe that the utilization um, of these various chemicals, particularly the one that was used in Agent Orange, is causing a higher incidence, um, it is contributing to a higher incidence of disease and cancers occurring um, in the United States unlike before? It alone, no, but yes, uh, I absolutely think it's a contributing factor. And of course, that chemical is only three years old. Um, so, you know, we can't attribute the massive tr- uh, upward trend right. of cancer in the last 20 years to that. However, the it's not uh, much unlike the existing Roundup cocktail of chemicals that they currently have been using for the last uh, 20 or so years, which has been increasing the amount of cancer that's taking place. And, you know, we can't... Um, we can't forget about uh, the amount of chemicals that are going into personal health care products. That's another big one. So 75% of the chemicals that we put on our body, uh, that's mm-hmm. it's transdermal. So, you know, we're talking about deodorants, which is in a, uh, a very uh, dangerous location in our body, right underneath our armpits. You've got lymph nodes right. right there, and, and it's just sitting there sort of absorbing, right? Uh, yeah. Shampoos and toothpaste and all the other stuff. You know, those things have uh, chemicals in there like PEG-80 and SLS and uh, heavy metals, uh, aluminum. Uh, You know, those things that, you know, people have to, unfortunately, people have to become experts at reading labels. And just walking into Whole Foods, for instance, and thinking, well, um, everything in here is fantastic. I don't have to worry about reading labels. Absolutely not. I've had conversations with, um, you know, the purchasing directors of Whole Foods, they don't consider themselves an organic store. Right. So that means that they will pick up whatever product they think will make money and put it on the shelf, uh, yeah. provided it's it's not you know too obscene. Um, right. So you're not safe there. So you know that's funny because a lot. I'm, I'm glad we kind of um, started off with you know the environmental toxins because. Um, a lot of people, because they're not really seen in front of us, like it's not like you stick your hand in a fire and you get a burn. You know, these are kind of like these invisible things that are in our food supply that we're not aware of um, when we're not really pertain- paying particular attention to labels. And two, we see stuff on labels and they're just big, long words and we have no idea what they mean or what we should be looking for. So I'm glad we're having this conversation just to enlighten people and, and maybe spark a little bit more assertiveness with what regards to looking at what you're putting into your body and not always taking the fact that something is quote unquote organic or GMO is not um, chemical free. So very, I like that. I, I really do like that. Now, with regards to, you know, you hear the stuff about, you know, well, particularly I, I can, I guess I can say this when I was a kid, um, Food was a lot different 
than when I had my kids and raised my kids and now, you know, um, having kids, my kids I know are, are my kids or people in my family having kids now that are like would be my grandchildren or my grandchildren. So, you know, when I look back to when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in San Jose and basically Silicon Valley, and there would be produce stands in every neighborhood. And you literally, like in San Jose, I grew up in a cherry orchard. So there was literally like farm stuff all around. You just could go pick out, you know, pick your stuff if you wanted to, if the farmer let you, or they would have a stand set up. And um, as things progressed, I've seen like you don't see that anymore. And I'm such a holistic um, practitioner with regards to the way I live my life. It's just, it's, bewildering to me that we don't see that and and then again just because we may see that doesn't mean that the the food is um the same as what we were getting back in in say the 60s and 70s so what do you say with regards to just how people are eating differently today than past generations yeah well great point this is is kind of a conversation that i end up having with my grandmother she said well i'm I don't have to buy organic. I just go out to the store just like I always do. Well, mm-hmm. not 50, 40 or 50 years ago anymore. Uh, <laughs> and you're right. Uh, you know, small farmers have been essentially put out of business. There's been a massive consolidation in the industry. Um, the food suppliers that are now out there have uh, strips of land that, uh, you know, are like quarter or half the size of Rhode Island here. So we're not talking about this. This is a totally different landscape. And they're driven wow. by bean counters, and they have uh, uh, people on their boards from the big chemical companies. So there is a, uh, I mean, you don't necessarily need to believe in conspiracy, but you certainly need to believe in capitalism. And so if individuals on the board of pharmaceutical companies are uh, investing in chemical companies that are investing in agricultural companies, and they're all sort of in, you know, they're sort of at the table all the time with each other. You can understand why decisions that are made in one end up affecting the other. This is one of the reasons why there's massive consolidation and there's uh, a massive increase in the amount of chemicals coming into our food stream. You know, just pick mm-hmm. up a uh, bottle of uh, pickles, for instance. Pickles right. should be, you know, cucumbers, salt, uh, vinegar, and water, essentially, maybe a couple of other things. You go down to your local grocery store, there's about 20 different chemicals in there. As you said before, most of them are over 15 letters long. I can't even pronounce them. So <laughs> that's a major shift, uh, no doubt right. about that. The other major shift that's happened in the last uh, 20 or so years is one that the consumer is not paying any attention to. And this is a big part of the lecture that I end up giving. So when I sit there and I say, here are the major drivers for um, health uh, problems within the country, specifically increases uh, in leaky gut, breakdown of the microbiome, which we need. This is a symbiotic relationship that we have with our bacteria that we're just uh, essentially destroying. And uh, the inflow of toxins into the body, creating a uh, breakdown of, uh, of DNA, uh, overinflammation, uh, which creates, of course, a... Um, uh, degradation in uh, adrenal fatigue and a massive amount of sugar that's going into the body, of course, is, is feeding cancer cells directly. So, uh, and I don't know if your listeners know this or not, but the uh, mechanism of every cell in your body, 
uh, every cell has a couple of different choices when it uh, comes to uh, energy consumption. Of course, energy is required for every cell. So, but in a cancer cell, you only have one choice. It's sugar. Uh, you can't be breaking down uh, protein to get uh, energy because the mitochondria within the cell doesn't work. Uh, that's one of the uh, main identifiers for a ca- for a cancerous cell. So, you know, one of the easiest ways of sort of starving uh, cancer cells is just, you know, not to eat um, uh, simpler complex sugars. Now, it's not always that uh, simple. I'm um, greatly oversimplifying things, but essentially right. that is the mechanism involved. So when I sit down with a lecture uh, and I say, look, here's the amount of sugar that we're consuming Hundred years ago, it was about 14 bags uh, of uh, 14 pounds of sugar per person per year. Now it's about 130 to 135. Um, the amount of antibiotics that we're consuming uh, has doubled in the last uh, 20 years. That's the one that ends up getting all the physicians uh, in an uproar. And oh, I bet. They end up right. So they raise their hand and they say, "That's not true. The scripts are going down. They've gone down about five percent in the last 10 years." They're right, and I'm right. So what is this missing key in the middle? The missing key is the consolidation within the agricultural industry has now taken place within the cattle, poultry, uh, and pork industry. And when you have consolidation of animals, you get them on a much smaller plot of land, a lot more animals, it means a lot more waste uh, in the, the same vicinity with the animal, that means a lot more disease. So the way they make sure that they stay healthy before they go to slaughter is they jack them up with a lot of antibiotics and they put antibiotics in their feed. So we are getting that in our food stream when we sit down and we eat a burger or a sausage or uh, you know, a chicken sandwich. And that's going into our system. And mm-hmm. that is also having an influence, a negative influence uh, on the bacteria in our digestive tract. And that really is one of the keys. So... When we very, talk about, yeah, go ahead. Very, very, yeah, very interesting with um, this information with regards to what we're doing or what we're eating differently, say, from, you know, when I was a kid to now. And all the sugar, or even way, I'm going to say way back when, you know, last century or two centuries ago, when the sugar consumption was way down. Um, and now we have this influx of a massive amount of sugar being intake intake in your diet, you know, you just basically you have to be really diligent to be mindful to cut that intake in half or even decrease it a little bit and how that's adding to, you know, more things happening within our body, more inflammation, adrenal fatigue, um, you know, different forms of cancer, um, just all other kind of pathogens. Um, But I think what you really said that I really want to emphasize and I think is what you're trying to get people to pay attention to is the massive amount of antibiotics that are now in the the meat we take or the you know the food we choose to use as meat that wasn't in there before and also the um growth hormones in chicken and things of that nature it's just you know this is all toxic stuff it's not natural and it's not naturally occurring in in the different species so the fact that we're taking it, you are what you eat. That, you know, I remember that from being a little kid. You are what you eat. Absolutely. So that's what you're saying. Basically, we weren't eating this kind of stuff back then, and now it's slowly migrated into a natural way of what's in our food. And thus, this is how 
where our society is reflective of the health because of what has progressed over time. You know, so yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And and again, you know, I mean, you don't need to have um, some uh, maniacal person with a, a you know strange mustache twisting it in you know in the corner office for this stuff to happen. <laughs> it's a profit-driven industry, right? So, right. Um, you know, they don't all have to be maniacal, but um, but but it is a perfect storm, right? So you have uh, pharmaceutical companies coming out with. Um, more and more diseases, they're sort of running the show over oh, at the FDA. Don't even get me and, started on Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, so so let me put a couple of stepping stones together so that the listeners can get a sense of, of scope here. So we talked about sugar. Let's just, let's just focus on sugar for a second. So back in the 80s, uh, a company named um, Searle, um, who uh, was... Uh, the CEO uh, was Donald Rumsfeld, believe it or not. Uh, the guy who ended up bringing you the Iraq War uh, after 9-11. So wow. he was the CEO of Searle. Uh, and they had decided to come out with uh, this new sugar substitute called aspartame. Very, very dangerous stuff. And at the time, he sort of had uh, his uh, fingers on some of the directors over at the FDA. So they were still running the show even back then. Okay. So they got approval for uh, aspartame uh, based upon an eight-week study, no humans involved, uh, and they were running it. Uh, since then, those same experiments have gotten completely different results. They've always caused cancer and, and polyps and tumors in rats. We just have no idea how they ended up uh, saying that this was uh, perfectly fine. Wow. Uh, I think they justified it by saying that they were only looking at um, tooth, uh, tooth decay. So they weren't looking at overall health. They got approved by the FDA by looking at just tooth decay. And you can get away with that kind of stuff with the FDA. So they got this synthetic aspartame into the, uh, the food supply. Um, there are other synthetic sugars, of course, that are just as dangerous uh, as aspartame. And that's also in the food supply. Your body cannot break this stuff down. It is a toxin. Uh, it ends up uh, going into our body and in some instances can change uh, DNA, flipping the basis. So this is some severe stuff. So individuals who are thinking, well, uh, I'm going to cut back on my sugar consumption and go diet, they end up uh, end up mm. consuming a lot more of the synthetic sugar, which is actually more dangerous. I would rather them have the uh, processed sugar uh, than having the aspartame-type um, uh, sweeteners out there. But when we take a look at that, um, you know, so uh, when you uh, take in a lot more sugar, um, you end up changing the microbiome in your digestive tract. One of the things that we don't pay too much attention to is the increased uh, incidence of candida, uh, that which is essentially a yeast overgrowth. And yeast end up uh, secreting a lot more aldehydes when they're in close confines with each other, and aldehydes end up breaking down soft tissue, creating leaky gut too. So we have this perfect storm taking place, right? So uh, that is allowing, along with GMO foods, a lot more stuff to pass through into the body, and your immune system recognizes this stuff as foreign, mm. and you'll have an immune response to that. And what I was talking about earlier with your adrenal glands, cortisol reduces inflammation in the body. So eventually over months and months and months, 
your body says we cannot constantly be in a chronic state of inflammation because it's dangerous to the health of other organs. So we're going to start secreting cortisol. That's where people end up getting adrenal fatigue, right? Uh, and doctors may uh, pick this up when uh, an individual comes in for testing. And what is but, the typical yeah. response? <laughs> so they reach for the pharmaceutical, the what they exactly. refer to as NSAIDs. This is the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. Inflammatory, such right. as Advil, Tylenol. I mean, excuse right, me, Advil, right. Ultrin. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that does more damage to that intestinal tract, increasing the inflammation. But, of course, you're tamping it down with a pharmaceutical product. Mm-hmm. So you have more toxins coming into the body. You're trying to reduce the inflammation, essentially the repair part of the body. Um, it's it's this terrible thing that's taking place. And I think that's one, one of the reasons why um, people are coming up with all kinds of strange diseases in a lot uh, higher rates than they ever were uh, before. The rest of this beautiful, informative, and wonderful conversation will continue in Part 2, airing next week. I invite you to join us next week as we continue the conversation. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on blissfullivingforyou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.